foreword of the road past kennesaw the atlanta campaign of eighteen sixty four this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org recording by david wales the road past kennesaw the atlanta campaign of eighteen sixty four by richard manning mcmurray foreword the turning point of the civil war is a perennial matter of dispute among historians some specify the henry donelson shiloh operation of early eighteen sixty two as the pivotal campaign others insist that antietam was the key event and still others are equally sure that gettysburg and vicksburg marked the watershed of military activities regardless of when the tide turned there can be little doubt that the federal drive on atlanta launched in may eighteen sixty four was the beginning of the end for the southern confederacy and sherman's combination assault flanking operation of june twenty seven at kennesaw mountain may very well be considered the decisive maneuver in the thrust toward atlanta for when joseph e johnston found it necessary to pull his forces back across the chattahoochee the fate of the city was sealed the atlanta campaign had an importance reaching beyond the immediate military and political consequences it was conducted in a manner that helped establish a new mode of warfare from beginning to end it was a railroad campaign in that a major transportation center was the prize for which the contestants vied and both sides used rail lines to marshal shift and sustain their forces yanks and rebs made some use of repeating rifles and confederate references to shooting down moving bushes indicate resort to camouflage by sherman's soldiers the union commander maintained a command post under signal tree at kennesaw mountain and directed the movement of his forces through a net of telegraph lines running out to subordinate headquarters men of both armies who early in the war had looked askance at the employment of pick and shovel now as a matter of course promptly scooped out protective ditches at each change of position the campaign was also tremendously important as a human endeavor and one of the most impressive features of richard mcmurray's account is the insight much of it gleaned from unpublished letters and diaries into the motivations experiences and reactions of the participants the officers and men who endured the heat and mud of what must have been one of the wettest seasons in the history of georgia and who lived in the shadow of death day after day for four months of as arduous campaigning as occurred during the whole conflict stand out as flesh and blood human beings this time of severe testing led to the undoing of some of the generals including joseph e johnston and john bell hood others notably william tecumseh sherman capitalized on the opportunities afforded by the campaign to prove their worth and carve for themselves lasting niches in the military hall of fame still others had their careers cut short by hostile bullets among them leonidas polk a leader whose civil war experience makes inescapable the conclusion that he should never have swapped his clerical robes for a general's stars in marked contrast stood james b mcpherson great both as a man and a combat commander whose premature passing elicited moving statements of grief from leaders on both sides 
human aspects of the campaign found most vivid and revealing expression in the letters of the lesser officers and the men whom they led robert m gill a mississippi lieutenant promoted from the ranks poured out in full and frequent letters to his wife his homesickness his hopes his fears and his spiritual concern in so doing he revealed his virtues and his frailties and his ups and downs of morale until a yankee fusillade snuffed out his life at jonesboro on june twenty two eighteen sixty four he wrote from near marietta i saw a canteen on which a heavy run was made during and after the charge i still like whiskey but do not want any when going into a charge for i am or at least was drunk enough yesterday without drinking a drop lieutenant gill tried very hard to live up to his wife's admonitions against the sins of the camp but he had great difficulty with profanity especially in the excitement of battle after the action at resaca he wrote apologetically the men did not move out to suit me and i forgot everything and began to curse a cowardly scamp who got behind six weeks later he reported another lapse and following the battle of atlanta he wrote i done some heavy swearing i am told i try to do right but it seems impossible for me to keep from cursing when i get under fire i hope i will do better hereafter I do not wish to die with an oath on my lips. Gill's morale remained relatively good until after the fall of Atlanta. Shortly after that event, he wrote, I think this cause a desperate one. There is no hope of defeating Lincoln. I wish I could be sanguine of success. John W. Hagen, a stalwart sergeant of Johnston's army, in poorly spelled words and awkwardly constructed paragraphs addressed to his wife, demonstrated the character and strength of the lowly men who were the backbone of both armies from near marietta on june seventeenth eighteen sixty four hagen wrote the yankees charged us and we finally drove them back we all had as much to do as we could do james and ezekiel acted very brave the boys say ezekiel went to shooting like he was splitting rails in fact all the regiment acted their parts the combat performance of hagen and his men contrasted markedly with that of one of the officers who was the acting company commander a lieutenant tomlinson on june twenty one hagen wrote his wife i have been in command of our company three days lieutenant tomlinson stays along but pretends to be so sick he cannot go in a fight but so long as i keep the right side up company k will be all right Hagen's morale remained high, despite the fact that he had not received any pay for more than a year. On July 4, he wrote that some of our troops grow despondent, but it is only those who are always despondent, and added, All good soldiers will fight harder the harder he is pressed, but a coward is always ready to want an excuse to run or say they or we are whipped i never knew there was so many cowards until since we left dalton i do not speak of our regiment but some troops have behaved very badly sergeant hagen and other rebs who fought in the atlanta campaign had a wholesome respect for the men in blue who opposed them and rightfully so for the union rank and file mostly lads and young adults from the farms of the midwest were admirable folk deeply devoted to the cause of union 
one of them private john f brobst of the twenty fifth wisconsin regiment wrote his sweetheart before the campaign was launched home is sweet and friends are dear but what would they all be to let the country go to ruin and be a slave i am contented with my lot for i know that i am doing my duty and i know that it is my duty to do as i am now a-doing if i live to get back i shall be proud of the freedom i shall have and know that i helped to gain that freedom if i should not get back it will do them good who do get back despite the publication during the past century of many studies on the subject the atlanta campaign overshadowed both during the war and later by the engagements in virginia has not received anything like its due share of attention now for the first time thanks to richard mcmurray's thoroughness as a researcher and skill as a narrator students of the civil war have a clear succinct balanced authoritative and interesting account of the tremendously important georgia operations of may to september eighteen sixty four this excellent work should be as comprehensible and appealing to those who read history and tour battle areas for fun as it is to those who have achieved expertness in civil war history bell i wiley End of forward.